Hey there, it's Timmy Manor, and welcome to the Spirit of Sport right here on 1170 SEN. Joining me tonight, like he does every week, Benjamin Little. Thank you for having me, Timmy. Oh, thanks for coming, mate. Thank you, SEN. <laughs> hey, I, uh, I, know, I know most weeks I tell you I'm excited about this guest, but yeah. you don't know how excited I am about this guest. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite players, one of my favorite humans, our guest this week after making his debut for the Eels back in 2004. We're going to play over 200 professional rugby league games across Australia and England. During his 13-year career, he was known as one of the most skillful players to grace the game. And I can speak firsthand about his amazing skill and footy IQ on the field. Nowadays, Filetti is working with the West Tigers in the wellbeing and education space. We're so lucky to have him. Our guest on the Spirit of Sport tonight is Filetti Matteo. Filetti, thanks for joining us, brother. Hey, oh. thanks for having me. Timmy, quite the introduction. Thank you, brother. Yeah, I spent all morning practicing that. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> how you going? How's things? Tell us, let's, let's just fill me in. Fill me in now. What, what are you doing to yourself? Where are you? West Tigers? Um, yeah, at the, I'm at the Tigers now, mate. Um, yeah, as you said, I'm in the wellbeing department here uh, for our Pathways program. So yep. uh deal with pretty much our New South Wales Cup team down to our Howard Matthews. Mm-hmm. And um, in our mats and SG board, we're still split across Western Suburbs and Balmain. So, got a few extra teams that I look after. But, um, yeah, man, I'm really passionate about the space of well-being. Um, I'm so happy just to be back in the football environment after bouncing around since I retired. So, yeah, really excited, passionate about what I'm doing. And, uh, yeah, really happy in life, mate. So what what are you mainly doing? What what do you fill up your hours with? Is it a lot of support for the athletes and the staff? Or yeah, so um, just trying to support these young guys. Um, we have a uh, we have a wellbeing team here. So my my boss is Alan Thompson, who's um, former Australian swimming coach for ten plus years, and uh, we have a, a female um, for the uh, women's program named Kate, Kate Levitt, who's a uh, got her masters in sports psych, so we're a team that come that real diverse, come from different backgrounds, and um, we work all together to to cover pretty much everyone in the club, all the players. And uh, for me, it's just about getting out. So I get out to training uh, just to uh, for the players to know who I am and and what we do, and and really it's about trying to give these guys a, a service of. Of, like you said, of support, mm. whether it be in school, uh, around education, uh, jobs, and also the mental health side of it. So if guys are struggling, um, we we got club aligned psychologists, um, mate, just, just pretty much everything, whether it be on the field, off the field, around performance, uh, preparation, like around game prep, just uh, mindset, headspace. Um, yeah, there's a million things that we do, but... Yeah. We're just trying to make it easier on the players to, to give them the best best opportunity to perform on the weekends. Now, this this question's not for you, Faletti. I'll ask Benny because oh. I want to keep you out of this. Benny, do you reckon, what do you reckon is more of a qualification, having your Masters in sports like or living and breathing it for a decade or more, your whole uh, life? If I had to choose, <laughs> yeah. if I had to choose, which I would never uh, choose to, yeah, yeah, living and breathing it, yeah. for sure. I'm telling you, Felitti's having enough experience in that space to be able Anyway, we won't talk about that. Um, Phil, on the spirit of sport, we, we, we speak to our guests every week about their journey. Um, tell us a bit about why yeah. you started playing footy to start with at the start of your career. Oh, um, well, I played at that. I started, I think, age of six or seven. 
Yeah. When I was a young and uh, was it Layla Park? Uh, I got there at Layla Park. Uh, I consider Layla Park my junior club. Yeah. So I, I, I roamed around a, a bit when I was a bit younger. I played in the Balmain comp oh, right. for a few teams. Uh, West Ride, Leichhardt Juniors, Thunder uh, Shamrocks. Before why I is that? Home. Why did you Why did you go to Balmain? Uh, I was I grew up in Rottlemere area. Um, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Parramatta area. Yeah. So that was sort of the local teams for me. Yeah. And then I spent a year at the Barilla Bears as well because I had family there. And then yeah, when I went into high school, a good friend of mine, his dad was the coach at Layla Park, so I ended up moving there and I played four years there, won three comps. So mm. that's pretty much what sort of I guess developed my game from like a, a kid into a junior. So. Um, that's who I consider my, my local club, Layla Park Cookers. Yeah. And um, from there, you know, I was lucky enough to come through and you know, I was happy well, over the moon that the club that I supported and used to go to Paris Stadium, sit on the hill and watch the game. So I got a chance to play NRL for. And um, yeah, just dream come true, bro. Who, who picked you up? Was it when Brian Smith was still there? Yeah, so Smithy was the coach back in those days, um, 2004. And uh, I um, was lucky enough to debut with our good mate Benny Smith. Ah, uh, the game. Prince, the Prince, the Prince. So yeah. um, that was for me. That was real special because you know we played all our juniors from Mats and Ball together, and um, you know spare, share a special game like that together was um, unreal. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, that was Smithy back in the day. Yeah, were his legs um, as big back then as they are now? They were probably a little, exactly the same. <laughs> 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 oh, okay, so then you come through the Greys and you debut for Para. What um, what's life like then? So you finally get a taste of the NRL, which is kind of every kid's dream. Um, how, did life change at all? Was it the same? Was it um, any different? Um, yeah, you know, my memories around that time were a bit blurry, but uh, for me, I had a pretty unusual run into my first grade career because um, I was a year out of high school. Um, I debuted, played one game in 2004. Yep. And then I had surgery over the Christmas break, which put me behind into the 2005 season. Yep. So I had a slow start and then I don't know how it came about, but the idea of going on loan to England came about. Yeah. Because my mum's of English descent, I got a UK passport, and within a week I was over there playing for the London Broncos. So I, I remember I played, that. I remember walking to the gym one day. Yeah, yeah you had an Afro back then, didn't you? Yes. I, I remember walking yeah. to the gym, and you, you were saying goodbye to the players. I'm like, where's he going? The guy's going to London. And within a week, you're right. You're over there in a week playing for the Broncos. Yeah, yeah man. And it was a big eye opener because it was my first time living away from home. Mm. Um, it was really unorthodox back then too because no one at 20 years old or 21 was going to England to play footy. But I think the idea of knowing I was on loan, I was coming back to Para, sort of made it okay for me. Yeah, that, um, yeah. It was like, it was, you knew it was temporary. It was a, yeah, and it was a great change for me, man, because I grew up a lot there. Like I sort of turned into a, like a, a man now, I believe. Like Just off the field, I learned how to like look after myself, cook meals, like wash my clothes, stuff like that. Mm. And then on the field, I was playing with like, man, I played with some really good players there. The team was full of Aussies. Yeah, I played with some old heads too. So like Mark Tukey was in the team, <laughs> yes. Mark McClendon, uh, big Steve Trindles, the old bull who was top there. Um, Tommy Lulawa was in the team. Um, were they were they in the yes, Super League at that stage or were they? Yeah, so I think that might have been like the last year before they yeah. got 
relegated or maybe a bit after that. And um, mm. we actually made the finals that year, which was special as well. Wow. So no one expected us to, but then we played against Bradford in the first round and got spanked. And that was it. So, I, w- I would yeah. love London to still be in the com. Like, I feel like it's a big draw card if you could live in London and, and play in the Super League. It's a shame that they're not in there anymore. Yeah, well, it's so tiny too in terms of the rugby league world in England. Like, yeah. If if you if you got beat by seventy, you'd have a little article in the paper. If you won by seventy, it'd be a little article. <laughs> like, league in London is like so small. So yeah. Um. Yeah, you definitely have to go north to be recognised anywhere there. Did you enjoy England in terms of lifestyle and weather and culture, or was it not your cup of tea? Um, yeah, I was lucky because when I went there, it was like May and it was warm. So I, I got a couple of cold days, but not really. Yeah. Um, so my experience there was pretty good. Um, I was still a pup, you know. I, was, I think I was there for three weeks before I actually went into London town like to visit like yeah. Buckingham Palace and stuff. So wow. I was really young and naive. Um, but like I said, I grew up fast and then, you know, came back to Sydney for 2005 season. Ah, uh, six, sorry, 2006 season. Yeah, it sounds like you you adapted well to the, the massive change and, you know, getting into becoming a professional. What do you think it was that prepared you to be able to adapt like that and to, to rise up to the occasion? Um, I, I always put it down to your support network outside of footy, so... Um, Obviously, like whatever club you're at, will do their best to try and support you. But I think the better you go, is the more support you get at home. And um, for me, it was my family, my parents, um, my brothers and sisters. Um, just like their support each week, just allowing me to, you know, put footy first. And um, whether it was prepared for a game or training, um, just like my brothers and sisters will say I was the favourite, the golden child, just because of how I was treated. But I think because of that treatment, it allowed me to have the best chance to perform each week. And um, yeah, so I'll put it a lot down to just the support network around me. Yeah. Did your parents play football? No, nah, nah, my dad will tell me he used to play in Tonga. <laughs> but he got suspended too much, he said. So he never wasn't able to be recruited back to, to Australia. But nah, yeah, my mum's only about three foot two from England. So. <laughs> right, speaking, no. speaking of Tonga, I, I still have nightmares. Benny, we're, we're playing junior, kanga, <laughs> junior kangaroos. So we're talking under-19s Aussie team going over to Tonga to tour. We're playing Tonga, New Zealand and Fiji. And we get to Tonga and they've got pretty much like their NRL Tongan team. So we're talking, you know, Faletti, the Payer brothers. Um, oh, yeah, wow. it, was a, it was a stack side. And they just bullied, <laughs> bullied. <laughs> the first time we touched the ball, I think it was Paul Shannon Walker who um, played for the Titans. He, um, yeah. he, it was our first touch of the ball. Our team got it. He got it. And I reckon they dragged him back about 20 metres. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> and, you know, you get your sand on the field, right? So you usually get your sand from, um, you know, you get your sand and put it on the field. It helps the grass. They got their sand straight from the beach. So we've got coral, shells, <laughs> rocks. It was just, everyone's, all, all us little white balangis are having like their knees and elbows cut up with, and it was just, it was one of the, it was a shellacking, but it was one of the best experiences. Every time they'd, they'd score a try the Tongans, there'd be music blasting. It was just a big party atmosphere. Um, what, what was yeah. playing for Tonga like? Did you enjoy that, like your career with Tonga? Uh, I enjoyed that game, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. I think just, um, you know, like having yourself, I think T-Rex is in that team. Yeah, yeah, Jenko. Jenko, yeah. Um, 
it was just good like um you know it was like junior kangaroos are always like the next big thing you know the, the next age coming through and we thought of it as a bit of a disrespect i think like playing against <laughs> our national team yeah. you know so um <laughs> You know, when you got guys like Anthony Tupo, I think Big Fruit. Yeah, that's right. Played, yeah, so. Anthony Tupo played. Um, the only one that didn't yeah, play, Tavita Latu was there. And I remember seeing him at the beach because yeah. we also we hung out at the beach the day before. And I looked at him like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the guy was built like remember. a brick house, man. Just shredded. I'm like, oh. And one of these like little kids, yeah. probably a few of us played a couple of games of first grade. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we called him the Tongan Rambo. Oh, he was like. scary, man. <laughs> I remember you you were part of that Tongan team, though. Like, I know it's come a long way now. You're kind of one of the pioneers that, you know, you played a lot of um, of the years before it kind of cracked it. What was it like in the early years before you had the recognition it has now? Yeah, uh, you know, all, us old boys that played in that era, we, um, you know, we, we sit at pubs and watch the Tongan teams play now and, and have a little whinge about where we came from, you know. Like, yeah, yeah. There was years there. Back in my day. There was one year we played. Yeah, back in my day, we paved the way sort of thing. But <laughs> for me, man, I, I feel so proud about where the team's at now. And and I think just the, the you know, guys like Jason Tamarola, like Andrew Fafita, who say, I, I think those guys are the guys that have changed the international game, like making the decision to choose Tonga yeah. over Australia or New Zealand. That's, that's who I'm proud of, man, because, like, I always tell stories about what it means and how it feels to play for Tonga. Like, you can only experience it until you actually put the jersey on. But I know those guys have experienced it and now want to keep doing it, keep doing it. And now when I deal with all these young guys, young players, and they say, oh, they, they would pick Tonga or Samoa before Australia. Like, wow. yeah. like no, no, nothing against Australia, but like I, that makes my heart melt. Like, that makes me so like happy and proud that like these guys have paved the way like they really have paved the way because well that was you know, unheard of 10 years ago away. like it was unheard no yeah, one would ever pick you know one of the developing countries they're, over turning down, they're turning down big money too to represent these countries so yeah. it just shows how much it means to the boys that actually put the jersey on and for, for an old boy like me man like I just sit back now and I love watching how competitive they are they're, you know giving Australia New Zealand England a run for their money and that's what it's all about, man. Like watching the best players play and represent where they're from. And then you see how passionate and how much it means to them from for actually playing for them. So, mm. yeah, man, it's, uh, it's amazing. Now, as a, as a proud Tongan, how did you feel during uh, the World Cup? So, Samoa make the finals, um, <laughs> and I'm watching. I'm just watching a bit of social media, and I see our old mate Fui Fui Moi Moi uh, in camp, looking after the Samoan side. You can wear a few hats, a big fella. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's what it's all about. He, I'm guess, I reckon he would have went home with a bag full of gear too. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all, all, all their boots were missing. <laughs> oh, or no, no thongs left. Nothing. Yeah. Oh, boy. He well, knew what he was doing. I'll give you a plate of food and I'm taking home a bag of clothes. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good trade. Yeah, very smart. And the food yeah, wasn't his anyway. He got it from someone else. <laughs> but that's what it is, eh? Like, if one of the countries make it, we all make it. Yeah, much. yeah. That's love we, that, yeah. That's and, the way we look at it, you know? And Philly's always yeah. been like that, too. Like, I feel like it's, the Tongan, Tongan culture, I grew up playing for Guildford. Our whole team was Tongan. But it's, I love that they all, they're all on the journey together. Like, they share everything. They they take, like, they all, it's like one big family. And Philly lived and breathed that. Like, I remember he used to send so much stuff back home. Um, and it's just a really yeah. beautiful thing about that culture. 
Um, so he, okay, so you two were quite close. Oh, I love the he took me under his wing. I was actually talking about him this morning. I was having breakfast with someone. We we're talking about um, play <laughs> teammates you play with. And I was remembering Philly. So Benny, I'd like I'd be in the middle of the field. I'd make a tackle. And I was only young, but it's hard. You know, you're, you're tackling, say, uh, George Burgess, and you, it takes a lot of energy. And then, you know, someone else helps you. And then you get him to the ground. You've wrestled with him. You get him to the ground. And then Fui will come after all the work was done, flop on top of all of us, and then send me, the kid, <laughs> off. You go, you go back. <laughs> you, go, you go back. You go back. A hundred percent. Very experienced. I uh, love the big Fui. Um, okay, so you end up, you get your debut at the club. Uh, 2000. So you said it was. You come back from London in 2006. You play. Um, how, how was the first few years back, like playing proper rugby league in, in Para? Yeah. So in 2006, I ended up playing the whole year in reserve grade, and um, I, I got reserve grade player of the year, and never got a look in NRL. So it's probably at that time I was thinking, man, like, do I move on or, or what? And um, I think it was Michael Hagen that got appointed as head coach, and I played. 2007, the first round in, in reserve grade, and then I ended up getting into first grade. So um, I think, you know, looking back on my career, Hagues was probably my favourite coach. That, for, for, at least for my game, he allowed me to play as free as I could and probably unlocked a lot of things, a lot of confidence in, in my game. And um, those first few years at 07, 08, man, I, I really enjoyed those years. Um, playing with guys like Tim Smith, just seeing, oh, yes. man... Timmy was unbelievable. Um, and a lot of guys that we came through the system with, I see like young fellas come through, debut, you know, guys like yourself, like, you know, you see, you hear the noise about these boys come through and then you get to know them and you see them all on, each of them all on their own journeys and then yeah. to play together, like it's just real special. And I think like those para juniors that we had, yeah, uh, it's a shame that we ended up branching off to other places and, and didn't stay together. But, yeah, I loved playing for Parra in those early days. Yeah. I, th- I think about that often. Like, I look at Penrith Panthers, and I think that's probably what it could have been if our whole crew stayed together. 100%. Um, 100%. And I even look at the, the 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 model that they have, and it's Matt Cameron. He's their CEO of football. He was he was my 20s coach, but he was also, you know, a big part of Parramatta during the Brian Smith era. He's pretty much just copy and pasted what Parra were doing back then, taking it to Penrith, and it just – they're doing it better than what, what we yeah, did. but. Wow. We had like a really good crew of people coming through, and we were lucky because we had senior players like, you know, Faletti. Even though you were young, you, you know, we considered you one of our like one of our leaders. And then we had guys like you know Nathan Kalis, Highmarsh. That was the gap between the you yeah. know the older generation of the Dean Pay and the and the you know McCrackens and all that. Um, so it was a really yeah. great club, and I don't want to get into too much detail because uh, I'm still an ambassador for the club, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> It definitely doesn't have it, it doesn't have that feel like it's a and you know it's not that one's wrong one's right but we had a feel back in those days that's hard to replicate man it was like a family it was a yeah. you walk in Arnie Kay's making sandwiches and making a cup of tea at the front office and you get to training and all the yeah. boys felt like they were your brothers like everyone felt like a yeah. big family um, culture so, man it's culture. Like, yeah but it's I don't, like and if people ask man I was captain for seven years at Parramatta and we didn't have it like I don't know I don't know the secret to creating that I don't know how you do it yeah um, but whatever yeah. it was we had it. Uh, and I look at some clubs now. I think you know they they got it. They they seem to have what we had. Mm. Um, parents definitely yeah. have it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So how how old were you when you ended up leaving? Um. So 2011. So oh, I think it was what was I? 20. 
six, seven, I think I was. Yeah, when okay. I left. And did you end up going straight um, to Manly or Warriors? Warriors first, didn't you? Yeah, I was Warriors. So yeah. um, I didn't want to leave, man. I was. Oh, I loved power. Like I said, born and bred. Um, and but I, I got told that I wasn't required there, like from other sources. And I just thought, man, okay, I'll look at a new opportunity. And then when I found out, uh, young mate Christina was going over there, it made <laughs> it just made it a bit more comfortable for me to make the decision. And um, yeah, headed over there, and I ended up spending four years in New Zealand. You guys both made the grand final again over there, didn't you? Yeah. So after '09, we played in our first year there. Uh, your first year there, 2011. Yeah. Um, and then Inu actually left the Bulldogs and played in another. Yeah, um, that's right. He, so I'm none for two. He's none from three. No, nah, he, no, nah, he won a reserve grade one in England last year, mate. Him and Fergo. Oh. <laughs> and and I and I've won and I've won a table tennis comp a couple of months ago. So yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll take them all. Yeah. We'll take them. Um, mate, you, you did a bit. Of, so you you went to the Warriors, went to Manly, and then you kind of yep. you you surprised like you you retired pretty early, didn't you? Like how old were you when you finished up? Um, yeah, I think I was uh, 32. So um, yeah, yeah. I, I always speak about it openly now, but um, I had some like bad experiences, unfortunately, with uh, different coaches at the back end of my career in New Zealand and Manly. So yeah, um, I, I actually fell into like depression. Um, I, I dealt with that for like a couple of years after I retired, and um, I, I reached out while I was still playing and got some help there, and I started while I was playing and it took me a while to sort of get out of that. Um, not so much to get out of it, but like to work my way through it. I, I learned different ways, different tools to deal with what I was going through. And, um, and that's why I'm so passionate about what I'm doing now, because if I can prevent or even help someone go through anything like that. Um, and I think sharing my story normalizes how everyone goes through it, you know? So, yeah. um, and everyone has their own battles. And I think for myself, when I tell a young fellow who's playing mats or ball that, um, you know, I went through depression when I was playing NRL. I was 200 games in and I was still going through it. Like, so, mm. like, don't ever think that, you know, like when you get there, it's rainbows and butterflies. It's an unbelievable life and it's amazing. But, like, it's always important to just check in on your mental health, make sure that yeah. everything you're doing is fine and you're healthy and whatnot. So, yeah, that's yeah. At the back end, it was unfortunate, but yeah. you know, I'm so happy I went through that experience because now I'm able to give back mm. through my experience, and um, you know, it's just been for me, it's been really special to be able to give back. Yeah, I was only taking the piece earlier about the whole sports, like you know, masters, but it's true. Like what you've experienced in your career, that you can't teach that. It doesn't matter how much, how many years of a degree someone sits through, they won't ever understand what it's like to be a player that goes through the emotional roller coaster, that struggles with the downs. Yeah. Um, and we, we have, so we have a lot of, you know, current players, but also a lot of past players on this show. And it's so funny how many players have all gone through the same thing. Um, even like, even me, the end of my career wasn't, wasn't smooth sailing. And I remember, you remember thinking the world's unfair. Then I speak to, I reckon 90% of people that retire from footy have a very similar finish. It gets to that stage at the end of yeah. career where things don't go how they planned. And all of a sudden they feel, you know, what I feel, I'm like, Oh, I'm not the only one that went through that. Mm. Um, but I'm so, so that's where the sports start. That's where the sports psych stuff comes in to, to get an understanding and an education on, yeah. on why and how and then then how to deal with it. 
So I think, like like you said, the experience part for me has been like invaluable about making kids feel comfortable or even older guys feel comfortable about conversation, which is the biggest thing about building trust for us to have the conversation. But we need to do something about it, and that's where the education comes in. Yeah. So it's a shame that a lot of boys deal with it, but you know, as long as we're trying to do something about it. What kind of advice would you? Sorry, mate. What kind of advice would you be given to um, someone about about to finish up and heading into that new season? Um, so it, it, to even go back further, like I'm trying to implement so many things as early as possible. Right. So like like even when you like so when you get towards the end or the end seems like it's near, like there's something set up. So I didn't have anything set up for myself, but right. like there's guys and Timmy was like say like that we played with that may have played a handful of reserve grade games and then they never played again, mm. or five to ten first grade games and never played. Like they're the guys for me that I want to help the most because like they don't have the, the years of NRL to fall back on. Yeah, if there is an opportunity for them, it's the guys that have short, really, really, really short careers that need the help. So my thing is to try and get, or what I try to tell players is to try and get onto anything, like any a hobby, an interest, or anything you can turn into a career rather than a job. So we always talk about careers rather than jobs because, you know, if they do something they love, they never work a day in their life, right? So yeah. that's what we're trying to encourage. And um, we just do that through education. So that's probably my biggest teaching to players now. That's so good. Yeah, it's incredible that space, man. I feel like in another five or ten years, it's only going to be better and better because people start to understand the importance of looking after players. The other thing is retired players is a bit of an elephant in the room. Like so many players finish up and they, it's hard because you end up being lost because you've had everything done for you your whole career, what to wear, where to eat, where to do, uh, what to time to be at training, and then you're kind of on your own. You got to find your own routine and figure out how to navigate through life. And I think that past player space is also another area where people need to sh- like, you know, dig a bit further on how we can help the players that have kind of come out the other side of their career. Um, but yeah. I'm also a big fan of uh, listening to uh, a few different podcasts. And I would love to hear a bit more about how and why you're doing. Is it the Poly Podcast? The Poly Podcast. The Poly right, yeah. Podcast. Tell us a bit about it. How did that start? Yeah, so myself and um, uh, Eddie Byer. Who, um, was he was he, he part of my junior kangaroos team or was he not in that team? I think that, I think he might. Have he was been. definitely oh, my he was he was in my New South Wales team that year. That's like under nineteen New South Wales. I don't know if he was in, yeah, but he's a he was a great player. Yeah, cheeky oh, too. No, he, he, he didn't make it, so he went and played junior kiwis. Ah, okay, that's, that's right. And, and then pulled out pants down. Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, so him and I. Um, We've been talking for a long time about trying to do something within the um, Pacific uh, Polynesian space, um, giving back to the community, um, just whatever, wherever he can. So he's got his own kicking academy that he does, like specialised kicking, kicking coaching. Um, and we've we just been talking back and forth for a long time now just about giving back. And we thought like having a podcast to address issues that we can talk about publicly um, and share stories, and, and we want to help, like you said, guys that are retired, mm. um, maybe young families that have kids that get picked for rep teams but can't afford to send them away. We just want to, we want to give back so many different ways, and um, we thought as a podcast we can use that as a platform to just to, as a stepping stone to try and put us into the community. So this is pretty much the first step for us. We've um, 
we've had only the one guest. We're only brand new. We're still uh, establish, establishing ourselves, but we've had Uncle Richard Faust on there. <laughs> uh, the great Faust. stories in Meriton Apartments. Yeah, so <laughs> we, um, oh. Mate, there's plenty of material and content we got, but um, we're just putting it all together and hopefully we'll uh, be out there pretty soon. I remember I was still in 20s and uh, you guys you guys played a trial game out in the country somewhere. And uh, I think, uh, do you remember, there was like a massive punch run where you got involved in? Uh, at the game, and yeah. I remember everyone showing me videos. You know, so like I was actually pretty like intimidated by him. Like this guy, and then you meet him, and he's the softest, nicest, gentlest guy. Yeah. But he's got like the ability to actually kill you with his hands. How <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, his uncle Fuzz? He's good, man. He's good. Um, he's got about a thousand kids. Uh, he <laughs> yeah. Lives up in Newcastle. Um, he's actually his eldest son, who's named after him, is there. He's he was with us at the Tigers, and because he's moved up to Newey, I think he's playing up there. And apparently, he's a really good, really good player. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, Uncle's um, trying. He's put some uh, wrestling mats in his garage and got his kids wrestling each other. So you can imagine. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine how they go. How they go with rock control. So, <laughs> um, but he's doing good. The big fella. He um, he's a quite the traveller. He's been around the world and. Around Australia, he's been doing some rodeo. Um, mate, you catch him doing anything. He has rodeo. Sharks in the ocean. Mate, he, there's a video I can send to you of him <laughs> rodeo riding a bull. Yeah. Didn't last long. But, um, he's on there. He's tagging sharks in the ocean. He does everything. Yeah. A great fuss. So, well, like I said, man, many, plenty of stories. To be honest, that's actually the main reason I want to eat on the show because I, um, I was. I was in the in the office in Moore Park the other day. I saw you set up, and I think I, I, the reason why I wanted to get you on is to get people aware one of your podcast because I love the fact that you guys are doing it. But two, the Polynesians, mate, the percentage of players in the NRL now that Polynesian is huge. Like it's a majority, and yep. you know a lot of the the media shows, a lot of the the radio shows, a lot of the um, you know everything on TV. It's all just kind of you know it doesn't have the same reflection. Um, so I love that you guys are getting that space and encouraging young Polynesians to, you know, to have an outlet or have a media outlet. They can kind of learn more about the sport and about their characters and the, and the personalities in the sport that, you know, they can relate to. Um, I think it's a big space that needs to grow a lot more over the coming years, I think. And I think it will. I think it will to me. Um, like I said, myself and Eddie, we're trying to do our bit. Um, and what we're doing is, is we're trying to network with, like, like you said, like we're, dominating the game but we're not really represented in yeah. like admin areas or areas of like influence yeah yeah so exactly yeah. we want to we want to try and change that um mate i had a zoom call last week with a Tongan psychologist oh yeah so yeah just we're just like trying to build a base where like um we can we can work with each other you know and then bring bring our people into the game um because yeah. the game's given our people so much as well and um, I think it's just a great platform for for young Polynesian kids and families to you know better their lives um, in in any way possible. So um, yeah, we're doing our bit, man. But we we I think it's going good pla- in good places and yeah. hopefully just keeps building. Yeah, it's it's not just the NRL though. Like you look at it's phenomenal the the amount of athletes that come out of such small islands, and you got NFL players, you got basketball players, you got NRL, rugby union, like all these stars all around the world. It's um. It's incredible to think they all come from this small little part of the world. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah, it's um, crazy. 
It's the same as uh, man. same as Lebanon and all the four athletes we got out of Lebanon. Hundred <laughs> percent. running around. <laughs> yeah, nah, we, there's plenty, man. We, we can't play sport, but we can put up a corner shop and on any corner. What's and it? What's barbecue? We can do. We can do a good barbecue. Yeah, that's why um Benny. That's why Lebs don't play soccer. Right. Because every time they get a corner, they put up a, a kebab store. <laughs> um, mate, we're at, the, we're, <laughs> we're at the time of the show now. We're going to run you through a one-minute, 60-second blitz with the one and only blitz. Okay, mate. I'm just going to rapid-fire questions at you. You've got to, you've got to give the first answer that comes to your mind. You ready? Oh, okay. Right, we'll start easy. Her favorite movie? Uh, coming to America. Okay. Now, listen. You, you go to the movies. You can pick two things at the snack bar. What are you picking? Uh, popcorn and choc top. Jeez, okay. Ooh. Can I, I know we do this every week. We talk about the popcorn Maltesers being my favorite. Do you know where I got that from? Yeah. Where? Our, our mutual friend, Kristen Inu. Ah. That's actually where I first ah. observed it. Do you dip the wow. um, choc top in the popcorn? Yes. Yeah. And you eat the Wipe the popcorn. chocolate off and dip. Oh, Phil, yeah, once, dip. once I was at the movies with uh, Sefa, right? Somewhere there with Sefa Paula, yeah, Joey Paula. taught me that too. And I'm eating my, my, my popcorn, watching the movie. And then all of a sudden, my, my fingers start getting sticky. And I look to my left, and I just see this, this bloke licking his, licking his into, into my popcorn. He's just oh. dunking it without even looking, just dunking it into my popcorn. Couldn't buy his own oh. popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, that's that's all right. Are, are you reading any, any books at the moment? Anything you'd like to highlight? Um, just well-being books, okay. uh, habits, um, stuff like that, yeah. Nice. Now, speaking of habits, is there is there a weird habit you had as a player or anything like that? Oh, um, any kind of ritual or anything? No, not as a player. But if I'm holding hands with my kids, I can't split around the pole. I have to walk around the same way. Ah, okay, <laughs> that's interesting. I like um, it. I like it. That's the only thing ever. How's your um? One of the things that remind when I'm younger, remembering you. You had a very good fashion sense. Is that how's your fashion sense? You still got it? Uh, I'm a dad now. Man. Yeah, 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 No, yeah. I got, I got it. I, I, I got do it. Say no more. I'm divorced. I'm divorced two years now, so I've got to get. Okay, back to the maybe game. get back out, get that wardrobe fashion again. All right. Yeah, well, I'm waiting for a sponsor from the club. Something. <laughs> <laughs> maybe Johnny Big. Something. <laughs> <laughs> how um? How, how is the rig, mate? You, you got work to do, or are you in fine form? Uh, I've got work to do. Work yeah, to do. when I when I finished, I um I took, I was so happy to just eat and not have to come back in October November at Work a certain weight. <laughs> yeah. I took advantage of it too much. That's, yeah, that's a life. That's now, a life, mate. You got a you, you you can go on a plane with a few of your mates. You can go to any holiday destination. Where are you going? Oh, I'm going NBA tour. Ooh. I'm taking Big Timmy because Timmy's got all the hookups in America. <laughs> he does. Are you, are, you a, are you a Mavs man? I'm a Mavs man, yeah. You know, oh, Dallas, wow. baby. Yeah, see, I, I think yeah, I told you, I've, I've jumped on the bandwagon now. I'm, I'm a Mavs fan. Oh, beautiful. I spent That's years in the wilderness, like, not pe- Then I thought, you know what, I'll wait for Seattle so, uh, Sonics to come back. But then, I be- yeah, I became friends with one of the Mavs boys, and now I'm like, you know what? I've got to jump on. So, and I love Dallas. I'm a Cowboys fan. It makes sense. I think there's a few yeah. there now. I think there's three Aussies there now. Three Aussies at and yeah. Mavs were there. Yeah. So they got uh, Exum, and then there's someone else as well. Someone else has jumped on. Josh Green. Yeah, Josh Green's there, and I can't think of the other one. 
Someone else has gone there as well. Mm. You beauty. Yeah. Where are we okay. going, Timmy? Oh, mate, I'm actually going to October. So you're more than you know who I'm going with. I'm, t- <laughs> I'm taking uh, Mitchell Allgood over in October. Oh wow! And so if you if you get a leave pass, you're more than welcome to join, mate. And I know it's easier to get a leave pass now. You got you're divorced two years. It's easy. Just be hard. Hard, mate. just I'll put be some hard. leave in. Yeah. Um, no. Phil, thank mate, thanks so much for jumping on the show. Honestly, I um, I know we muck around at the start, but I I can't speak more highly of you. I've got such like every time I speak to you, it just it reminds me of a very uh of a very happy space. You've always got a big smile on, on your face. You've always got this warmth about you that people around you always like seem to be drawn to and, and love. So, mate, um, I'm so grateful for I guess the, the time you put into me when I was younger. But I'm also I love seeing that you've found a bit of a passion now at the Tigers and you, you're helping other kids kind of. Yeah, excel and get to the next level. But, mate, I love you. appreciate your time and uh, look forward to seeing Polly Podcast do really well as well. Yeah, no, nah, thank you, Timmy. But the, the feeling's mutual, brother. You light up my day when I see you. Bro. That's why I've got the big smile on my face. It's a big kiss and cuddle when I see you. So. I love you, man. I uh, appreciate you having me on, bro. Thanks, appreciate brother. It. Thanks, Phil. Cheers, yeah, All good, boys.